I'm Damian Willis, and this is The Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News, a podcast in which we attempt to pull back the curtain on our reporting process while diving deeper into some of the biggest stories of the week. This week, we're talking to Las Cruces Sun News reporter Justin Garcia. Justin covers local government and public safety for the newspaper. Through a public records request, he recently obtained Las Cruces crime statistics for this year through June, the last month for which stats are currently available. What we found in raw numbers is that more crimes have been reported in every category year to date, except for rape. But as Justin will explain, it's not that simple. In fact, it can be really difficult to compare apples to apples, so to speak, because of external factors that change from year to year. We'll talk about that and some of the caveats that, as reporters, are important for us to consider when crunching the numbers. This week, we're pleased to be joined by Justin. First, Justin, thanks for joining us this week on The Reporter's Notebook. Yeah, of course. Let's just kind of start by taking the 30,000 foot view of the statistics you received. What jumped out at you at first glance? Yeah, well, I always try to, whenever I, I do any of these crime statistics support stories, I, I, I think it's really important to remember that what we're talking about here is crime that's reported and not necessarily crime as it happens. You know, there are my very first story I wrote about regarding crime statistics, uh, I interviewed a, a criminology professor at NMSU who, you know, one of the things we talked about in that interview was that certain crimes like homicide, but you can you can say, OK, if there were seven homicides reported in Las Cruces, chances are there's a really good chance that that's a good representation of the amount of that crime is happening. Other crimes, things like sexual assaults. Things like theft, um, for a variety of reasons, have a lot of other variables that affect what gets reported and what doesn't. Right, right, and so, and are are much more likely to go unreported. Right, exactly. You know, there's an instance. I I, I can speak personally here, where I a few weeks ago somebody broke into my car and and rifled through some of my stuff, and I reported. Um, you know, I filled out a police report and everything like that, but I very well could have just as not right like nothing nothing of value was taken nothing that i couldn't easily replace was taken nothing was really damaged it really was a, a very minor inconvenience so in other you know in other categories of, of reported crime you know the things like um, you know for sexual assault especially things like shame and and things like you know fear that fear of, of retaliation or or fear of of people not believing that kind of stuff absolutely has an effect on on what gets reported and what doesn't. And so and that's always something I try to keep in mind. There are similar factors when it comes to domestic violence and, and yeah. issues like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just so everyone kind of, so we're all on the same page here, the way this kind of works from the police department is, is every month they put together something called the, the monthly crime report. And that's just a, it's a one page document with a couple of different categories of crime. Um, and each document uh, just says, there, here's how many crimes were committed. Here's how many crimes were reported this month. Here's that comparison to this time last year. And then here's kind of an overall. So it's a, so even, even in of itself, it's a selective thing. And then that, when you kind of compare all those to each other, you'll notice 
discrepancies or changes because as you know as more information is learned something may something that is maybe categorized as say an aggravated assault may end up becoming a murder or something that's categorized as a burglary upon more information it's like oh you know this is really more of larceny this is really more of larceny actually so even even on the month to month, these things kind of shift, but it does give us a pretty good general picture of, of uh, the crimes that are being reported. And so what we were able to obtain was Ju- uh, January through June, so the first six months of the year. Everything else is still kind of pending that final pending those last couple of steps before they become public documents. Right. And the big takeaway kind of year to year uh, or I should say the, the big takeaway from from this year compared to last year is that pretty much across the board, people in Las Cruces reported more crime in all of these categories. Now, starting kind of with the most serious uh, uh, homicide in 2022, we've had uh, seven homicides in Las Cruces so far during the first half of the year. That's right. Yeah. During the first half of the year. If, if for those people who are paying attention, um, almost all of those came at the beginning of the year. Uh, and which is interesting because last year, many of them also occurred at the end of, of the year. So it was kind of a continuation of, of uh, kind of a spree of violence that we were seeing. Right. Since, for, for example, well, go ahead. I was just going to say in, in February, the shortest month of the year was we had three homicides in this in this city. Right. And it is interesting because, well, we'll get into how, you know, looking at these incomplete data sets can kind of skew the perception when you don't have a complete year's worth of data. But um, going back to homicides for last year, what was it? So this time last year, there was only two. However, I think let me pull up my. I just just for I you know for everyone at home I have five or six different spreadsheets here that I use to sort of keep track of all this information. So <laughs> I got to flip through every single one of them anytime we have this conversation or anytime we do this story. So last year we we ended the year with nine, and over over the last couple of decades, homicide is one of those places that Las Cruces has seen a, a pretty significant increase. On average, Las Cruces sees about five homicides per year. The high watermark came in 2020 with 11. The year before that, 2019, it was 10. And then, you know, like a lot of things in the in the mid to late 90s, there was a kind of sustained high period of, you know, averaging around eight or seven. This year, we've hit, uh, as we said earlier, there have been there have been seven in total. And so, you know, it's kind of continuing that trend. And again, homicide, as we mentioned before, it's a it's a good example of a crime that we can say, okay. You know, chances are there's a pretty good chance that most people who were killed in this city, the police are aware of just because of the nature of the crime. So we can take a look at that and say, okay, well, you know, one thing I think I'd like to do and maybe for a future story is is kind of compare that to to population increases and stuff. And and, you know, that that same period of sustained growth in in the number of homicides, I, I think, probably corresponds to the rise in population of this of the city, which, again, I know I, it's always funny, Damien, like whenever I talk about this stuff, I, I always have this weird feeling in the back of my head because it's <laughs> like we're talking we're talking about we're talking about these numbers. Right. And these trends and like, oh, you know, this year it's up this year, it's down. And and, you know, what we're talking about, those is human beings, right, like people's lives. And, and you know, oftentimes the the most 
disruptive and tragic thing that can happen to a person is is reflected in these statistics. And, you know, I try to keep that in mind when I'm writing these stories that if I'm somebody who's represented in this data set, it doesn't really matter to me that in 2018, there were only five homicides, but in 2020, there were 11. Exactly. Um, and, and by the same token, Justin, you know, if you're on the verge of committing the ninth homicide of the year, you don't stop and think that there were eight before you. So right. like, exactly, we, we refer to these things as trends, but really everyone is a unique situation that uh, yep. has really nothing at all to do with the homicides that came before it. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So I try to keep that in the back of my head and I try to keep that reflected in, in any stories we do about this. But so that's essentially what's going on with homicides. We're kind of still continuing this trend of, of we'll see what happens with the rest of the year. There's only by the time people are listening to this, there'll be, you know, less than a month and a half left of this year. So we're probably going to see uh, about what we've typically been at for the last 10 years, which is an average between 10 and seven homicides per year. Um, dating back to, you know, 2014. Right. One thing that certainly stood out to me was the sharp increase in vehicle theft. And Mm. that certainly seems to jive with the impression I get. And I shudder to even say this, but the impression I get from social media, it seems that there are several stolen car posts every day. Um, Mm -hmm. In uh, 2021, there were 245 that jumped to 470 in the first half of this year. That's nearly twice as many in a six month period. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And, And interestingly enough, so so 2021 ended with uh, a record high of vehicle thefts, 595, according to my statistics here. So in some ways, similar to the situation with homicides, in some ways, what we saw at the beginning of the year was a, was a continuation just of the trend going. that started. Yeah, yeah it just kept exactly. going into the first half of 2022. Yeah. And I, when I talked to, um, uh, when I did a similar story earlier this year about crime statistics, I talked to um, Chief Miguel Dominguez and specifically about uh, the increase in, in vehicle thefts. And at the time he talked about, you know, these things being kind of he said that we weren't really necessarily seeing sort of vehicle theft rings. Right. Sort of organized groups of people going around stealing cars. It was more on a on a kind of peer to peer person to person basis. But nevertheless, I mean, that's 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 a lot of cars. Interestingly enough, though, vehicle thefts is one of those that. um the chief said earlier this year that that was one that they had had a lot of success in, in returning a lot of those vehicles and recovery. And, and um, yeah, so there's that too, you know, another crime one of things that's not reflected here. Right. Right. Yeah. That, <laughs> that doesn't show up in the statistics. It does not. Another crime that has nearly doubled is residential burglary from uh, 99 in the first half of 2021 to 175 in the first half of 2022. And when you fold in commercial burglary, it's more than double, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly enough, so overall, overall last year, there were taking both categories and combining them, there were 619 reported burglaries in 2021. One thing to remember about the residential burglary increase too is that at the beginning of 2021, 
I think it's fair to say that there was still kind of a economic pandemic hangover. Uh, that was still during the period in which I think a lot of things were operating at reduced capacities. A lot and of so a people, lot of businesses. Yeah, right. A lot of businesses. So more people were staying. More people were in their house, and obviously, well, it's 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 harder to burglarize a house with someone in it. And if you do, it's a different type of crime. Right. And by the same token, fewer people were in office buildings and and retail stores and things like that. So those become more optimal targets for thieves. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and yeah, so that's kind of what we're seeing in terms of uh, on the on the burglary sector. Typically, Las Cruces sees an average of about it's kind of a range of, of about 850 to 900 burglaries per year. So combining those two categories. So in that respect, we're, we're kind of I hate to again, I hate phrasing it this way. But, you know, in that respect, it, we're, we're doing OK in terms of the, the trend. It's kind of on pace to maintain, you know, exactly. w- what has happened in recent years. Yeah, exactly. And overall, I should say, you know, it's it's across the last um, 30, uh, 30 or so years. Burglary is is one of those places in which, you know, fairly significant decrease uh, in the 1990s. The So from 1990 to 1999, people in Las Cruces reported about 1,300 burglaries per year on average. Huh. And as I said, now that number is you know, quite a bit smaller. It ranges yeah. between about 850 to 950 per year. Wow. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, I think I think it's funny thinking about this because it's Crime has crime and crime statistics have kind of become this thing that people rally around often for political purposes. And it's it's funny because in reality, like there's actually there is there's pretty across almost all categories, less reported crime now than there was 30 years ago. But again, it doesn't matter. Right. Like if I'm <laughs> someone who's experienced a burglary or, or a loved one of mine has been killed, then I, I, I really couldn't care less about what happened in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and I think it it is important that we keep coming back to the individual nature of crime and the impact that it has on the community. You know, mm-hmm. it's not this big nebulous thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that happens to a person. Yep. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. It's funny, right? Because like, it's funny because I think on the one hand, you know, we think about crime as this very individual thing, but we also think about crime as its and its relation and its relationship to certain policy choices. And again, all of that goes into play here when when kind of determining, you know, whether or not the number is bigger or smaller than it was last year. One category though that's that's been a kind of a anomaly in, in Las Cruces is aggravated assaults. So this includes in this context, this includes everything from shootings to to different types of battery. Um, it's all kind of lumped together in this this one category of aggravated assaults. And and I know for I'm sure there are people I'm sure I'll get some emails. People explaining to me the difference between assault and, and battery, which I hope they know I, I understand very well. But it all gets lumped together in the same category for the purpose of um for the purpose of understanding these statistics. So over the last 30 years, 2021 was a was a record high for aggravated assaults in the city of Las Cruces and reported aggravated assaults, I should say. That hit 562 in 2021. And in this year, we are well on track to meet that and maybe even clear it. 
So that's unfortunate because, I mean, that that's a space in which, you, you know, a couple someone gets a little less lucky and, and they get moved over into the homicide category. That's right. I mean, I can think I can think actually we, we go back to those homicides in February. Several of them were instances of uh, gunfights that ended very tragically for everyone involved. Right. It likely would have been an aggra- aggravated battery charge if they didn't feel like they could make it an attempted murder charge. Yeah, it would exactly. be an, an aggravated battery. And then, you know, a day or two later, it turns into a homicide. Right. Right. So that's unfortunate because I think those two those two are definitely related to each other. In fact, most homicides in 2021 were, were the result of according to, you know, the kind of what police believe happened. Those most homicides in 2021 were were sort of the results of a kind of um Feuds and, and tempers getting out of hand between usually between two men. And that's definitely uh, that's a trend that we see not just in Las Cruces, but obviously in a lot of different places. That's something that Albuquerque experiences quite, quite frequently. When we talk about crimes that go unreported, I would suspect that aggravated assault would be among those because, you know, if a husband and wife get into a fight and he pulls out a knife and threatens her, but doesn't use it, you know, Mm -hmm. she might not be inclined to report that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas some of them where it's like, you know, you have two guys shooting at each other, two guys shooting at each other in the parking lot of a Hooters, which happened this year. (laughs) For instance. Yeah. Somebody's going to report that. Yeah. That's going to be reported. And in that case, nobody was struck. So that would be, well, there would be a litany of charges, but uh, one of them would likely be aggravated assault. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was referring to earlier, whereas that might be, you know, something like that might, someone might pick up charges, including an aggravated assault charge, felon in possession of a firearm charge and like reckless, a, reckless discharge. Yeah. Reckless discharge of a firearm. That would all be categorized into the aggravated assault category for the purpose of, of these crime statistics. Right. Um, so important to keep in mind there. We were <laughs> we were talking about how crime statistics often come up for political purposes and having just come off an election season. It's certainly something that you see in mayoral races. You see it in legislative races. And there's really kind of a disconnect. There's only so much policymakers can actually do to you can allocate resources, I suppose, you know, get more cops on the streets or focus a little more on this neighborhood rather than that neighborhood, those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. But, you know, really, it comes back down to two guys getting into a fight in the parking lot at Hooters. Yeah, there's so many things. People would really like for crime to be really simple, <laughs> but the truth is there's just so many different things that go into that go into what happens. And some of it's policy choices, some of it's larger structural issues, some of it's it's, it's a lot of different things. And, and if you go if you if you did a kind of attempted to do sort of a critical analysis asking the question, well, hey, why is there less crime now than there was in the 1990s? You'll get Dozens of different answers from dozens of different people. Some of them are making those arguments in good faith and some of them aren't. And that, again, that just makes the that makes talking about this stuff really difficult. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, you look at one thing you can look at is 
the level of incarceration in this country. That's one thing that that people point to as as one possible reason that crime has decreased uh, from the 1990s to now. But there's also, you know, anyone who's kind of thinking about that for more than five seconds will could easily switch that around and say, well, hey, wait a minute. Aren't we just saying that now all you've done is is crime that happens inside of a penitentiary, inside of a prison is now not going to be reported in these statistics. That's one reason that that those numbers could be down. So it's it's a really, really it's <laughs> unfortunately, it's a really complicated thing. And these statistics feel like they're providing answers, but really all they're doing is providing you a couple of data points, just a small amount of clarity in, in a void of uncertainty. And as humans, our instinct is to try to simplify it and uh, and avoid the nuance like the plague. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Before we move on, were there any other individual stats that caught your eye? Well, there's arson. <laughs> arson, uh, <laughs> typically, uh, typically in Las Cruces, there's about 10 or so arsons reported each year. But that that number varies a lot. Like in 2015, there was only one. In 2019, there was 11. Uh, this year, in the first half of the year, there was 15. And wow. police believe that a lot of that was contributed to a single person who they've charged and is still kind of is facing a, a litany of charges for several alleged acts. But uh, that kind of explains that huge jump. I believe in 2021, there was 10. Uh, 2020, there was six. So that was a big, a big change for first half of this year where there was 15 reported. Going back to the first half of this year, every single category went up year to date, except for rape. Mm -hmm. What do you take from that? I wish I could answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think sexual assault has stayed pretty consistent throughout the last decade or so. On average, there's about 50 to 51 reported sexual assaults in Las Cruces. Um, and again, that's one of those numbers that that just kind of goes all over the place because there's a bunch of different things that play into whether or not somebody chooses to come forward about about being assaulted. Right. And is almost certainly underreported. Yeah, almost certainly. Um, you, you, Yeah, you could guarantee that. Justin, talk to me about some of the challenges in reporting on crime statistics. What are some of the factors that you keep in mind when comparing last year's numbers to this year, for instance? Well, I mean, to start, I I really don't like to compare the, the year to year. I think it's important, you know, as journalists, one of the things that's really important is is kind of providing people information in context. Right. So if I just say, oh, you know, there's five more homicides, you know, in June by June than there were in in 2021. Again, that's that takes away the context of, well, there was a ton of there was a ton of people killing each other at the end of 2021. And so that's really, really important. And I think it's really important, like I said, to put that into context and show people, hey, look, here's the whole here is 30 years worth of data. That you can you can take this information and and you can decide from it what's important and what's not. And but here it is. As I said earlier, it, it's also difficult. Whenever I'm writing these stories, I I, often, I ask myself how valuable these <laughs> these stories really are. Um, <laughs> on the one hand, I think it's it's very interesting to see the trends. 
on the other, I don't know how valuable it is because it, like I said, if I'm, if I'm someone who's lost a family member, or if I'm somebody who owns a business that's been burglarized, it doesn't really matter to me that these trends don't really matter to me, right? What matters to me much more is like, okay, well, what's going to happen to prevent this thing from happening again? Or, or, you know, what's going to happen in my specific instance? I, do I want this person to, as a victim of a crime, do I want this person to, to face justice? Do I, do I just want to let it go? So I, I try to keep that stuff in mind and I try not to let, as I said before, there's, there's not a really consistent answer as to why crime goes up or crime goes down. There's a ton, a ton of factors that sort of play into these statistics. So I, I, it's, it's a difficult thing to write about. And it's also difficult to put it in enough context that readers can come away with enough information to not jump to false conclusions. You know, readers are going to interpret this information the way that they will. But mm-hmm. our responsibility as reporters, as journalists, is to give them enough context to explain why, you know, why reading their their own agenda into it might not be sensible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The analogy I like to use is, is the, the purpose of journalism is to hold a mirror up to society so that they can sort of see what's going on, especially because you're so focused on, you know, you're so focused on what's happening in front of you and what's happening in your life that it's hard to sort of get the bigger picture. And I think that's what I think a newspaper at its best. That, that's what it does. With that, in, with that in mind, I, and I totally agree, if somebody was just looking at the raw numbers, is there anything you would caution them against? Yeah, I would, I would say don't take this information too seriously. It's important to look at this and say, you know, when I see that there were seven reported homicides in 2022 versus two reported homicides by the same time last year, remember that those are individual people experiencing individual issues affected by policy choices. Like, I don't want to say, oh, you know, it's all the, it's all blaming on the individuals and and there's nothing anyone can do about it. No, that's not true. Their policy obviously goes into that, but just remember that these things are, are a lot of this is, is the result of several different factors and several different variables play into these numbers, including just the people who are choosing to categorize them. So, Take this information with a, with a grain of salt, put it into your general kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, kind of your general arsenal of information. And remember that it's important to to kind of get the full picture on this stuff and, and not kind of get uh, too noodly in the in the details. Right. When we're able to get year in numbers, do you feel like that'll give us a clearer picture or provide a fairer comparison when it comes to year over year stats? Because then at least like we talked about earlier, we're working with two complete and more robust data sets, even though, as you've pointed out, the continuum doesn't stop on December 31st. It it could very well carry over into the, the following year. But do you think that it's we'll have a clearer picture when when we've got two full years to compare to one another? No, unfortunately, I really don't. I, I think, again, I mean, right now I, I have I'm staring at a spreadsheet with 30 years of information comparing to each other. And I, I, I couldn't tell you why there was 
across nearly all categories, there was more crime in the 1990s than there was in 2020 or 2019, I should say. So I think that kind of goes back to, to what we had just said, where this information is valuable as a, as a single metric in which to sort of gauge, OK, how how well how much change is happening in these areas that I care about. But it's not it really shouldn't be the only thing you judge, the only thing you use to sort of decide on the success of that. It's it's one one piece of information among what should be several different pieces. Right. And I want to spend just another moment or two talking about what those other external factors that might impact the statistics. When you look at these numbers, the thing that they don't reflect are the external statistics. For instance, you mentioned that we have 50 more police officers on the streets than we did last year when we were talking about this before. Well, and that's big. And that's and that's I I should have mentioned that earlier, but that's big because if there are 50 more police officers on the streets, then there are 50 more people who are able to take reports. And so that that is going if you have more police officers, you are going to have a higher more crime or at least I should say more crime reported. And that's not immediately clear. Right. It's not immediately obvious when you think about it. But that's that's a that's a a big thing. What other uh, sort of external factors do you think? There's a ton of things. There's a ton of things. You know, I mean, there's things like there's kind of the obvious things like economic conditions, income. There's things like uh, the amount of for especially for for younger people, the amount of like recreation that they have available, stuff that they can do as opposed to sort of getting into fights with each other. There's things like um, individual families who who are, you know, where domestic abuse might be common that that can kind of can can drive creates. Yeah, yeah, that creates kind of future instances of domestic abuse and then access that people kind of caught in that situation access that they have to to resources available to kind of help kind of change their thinking about that kind of stuff. There's there's really tons of things. And and that's there's not again, there is no single factor as to why there is more crime, you know, this year in some categories than there was last year. It's it's really a lot of different things. And and in some instances, very individual things kind of played into that. And sometimes it's it's economic things. Yeah. A real confluence of kind of societal conditions as a whole. Um, Yeah. Justin, what do you want to add that we haven't talked about? I really want to reiterate to people that that this should really not be used. One thing I hate, I absolutely hate is when people take articles that I've written either about crime rates or about individual crimes that 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 are happening in the city and then use them as as like artillery shots to try to prove their to some political point. That that's just not really kind of that's just not really accurate, right? I that's was, not really what the story is. I was about to say, use them like a flashlight, not like a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please, please. It's it's not it's not what it's meant to be. Like you're you're trying to you're trying to use a flashlight like it's a hammer. It's a great analogy. Um, so I I hope that again people take this information. They say, okay, this was interesting. This was valuable. I'm going to hang on to this and I'm going to think about it and kind of use it to understand other things that I read and other things that I see. Another uh, thing that comes to mind, somebody somebody once said, some people use statistics the way a drunk uses a lamppost for support rather than illumination. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think that's a really that's a that's a great analogy. I think that's that really illustrates the the problem. Yeah. Well, Justin, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Reporter's Notebook. We also have a newsletter sharing reporters' stories about well about how we report stories. You can find all of Justin's stories and the rest of our reporting in the Las Cruces Sun News. A huge thanks goes out to Justin for joining us this week. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many of the places you find your favorite podcasts. This has been the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News. I'm your host, Damian Willis. This week's podcast was written and produced by me. You can also find all our local reporting brought to you daily by reporters who live and work in Las Cruces at www.lcsun-news.com. For all of us at The Sun News, thank you for the privilege of your time.